You are now listening to the Whipped Cream Podcast with Bianca Harris and Chantel Chapman. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to review and subscribe to our podcast if you have not done so yet. Hope everyone is staying safe and healthy and, you know, coping with the times, man. So... Um, our guest today is Nikki Myers, who is, I mean, I'll just say this, Chantel and I were really excited to have her on the podcast and um, just delve into our conversation. Uh, Nikki is absolutely incredible. And I don't even know that a bio would be sufficient. So I'm going to read a little blurb from her website to give you a little bit of context about who she is and what she does. And um, then we'll start the show. So Nikki Myers is the founder of a company called Y12SR. And I took this little blurb that she wrote about her experience in life from her website. And I thought it was just a really great intro into who she is and what she does. Through my treatment for substance addiction in 1987, I was introduced to the 12 step program. It absolutely saved my life. I returned to school, co-founded a business, and co-authored a patent. Then, eight years into recovery, I relapsed. After another bout in hell, I came back to 12-step-based recovery. During this period, I began a deep re-immersion into the study of yoga and stopped my 12-step program practices to use only yoga philosophy and practices as my support. Four years after that first relapse, I relapsed again. It was after the second relapse that I realized, at least for me, that there had been a union between the cognitive approach to addiction recovery offered by 12-step programs and the somatic approach to healing offered through yoga. Why 12SR is just that. It is a big journey to the reintegration of all parts of myself to accept without judgment all the various experiences that make up my whole and come to radical self-acceptance. Hey guys, welcome back to the Whipped Cream Podcast. Uh, I'm so excited today because we have a guest that we've been wanting on for quite a while, actually. <laughs> uh, so thank you for being here, Nikki Myers, and we're really excited to talk to you. I know Chantal and I are both really excited to just jump into this conversation and, um, you know, just uh, expose our audience to the greatness that is you and everything that you do. Well, I don't know about <laughs> all that, but... Thank you. I'm honored to be here and uh, very grateful to be with both of you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I wanted to have you on the podcast for a while, Nikki, and so did Bianca, because um, I've done some work with Tommy Rosen, and Tommy Rosen loves to quote you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he quotes you quite a bit, actually. But one thing that he first said when he was quoting you was this definition of codependency. And we'll talk about that later in the podcast. And when I heard that, it really like opened up my, my world about my own recovery, my yes. own recovery path. And, and you were just like so pivotal in that journey. So it's just such an honor to have you here. And I can't oh, wait to God. dive in and talk to you about everything that you're doing. So you're the founder of a company called Y12SR, and you have integrated yoga and recovery. How did you, how did you come to, to this point to bring these two concepts together? Oh my goodness, right? <laughs> well, it, you know, it comes out of so much, truthfully. It comes out of lived experience. It comes out of working with, over the course of these many years, hundreds and hundreds of people. It comes out, it just comes out of so much. I love to think about that. There's nothing original. There really isn't anything original, right? And so part of my own recovery is, um, you know, telling the truth about that, that honest recognition that things come from so many paces. In yoga, we talk about honoring lineage. And so it's always important for me to honor the lineage of where all this stuff comes from. 
And, you know, I have many teachers in the path of yoga. I have many, many, many teachers in the path of 12-step recovery. But I usually always start with Dr. Bob and Bill W. They're the founders of the 12-step program. So, and that's been such an integral part of this combination and the healing. So I love to start there. I also love to start with... Um, uh, my teachers in yoga, which primarily, there's so many, but Sean Korn is a key teacher of mine, and Gary Craftsell is a, a key teacher. And then this thing combines so much other work. It combines the work of Tantra. I am big in the study of Tantra. And, and uh, so there's uh, Pandit G. Rajmani Tiganayat, who I study with, and Sadhguru. There's also the work of, of trauma healing, right? We say the program's about connecting dots, and it's the dots of um, the 12-step program. It's the dot of um, the uh, yoga practices and philosophy. It's the dot of trauma healing. And the trauma healing work, come, my experience in this work comes from Dr. Peter Levine and somatic experiencing, right? So it's, it's the connection of all those things, right? Those, those dots together. So this, it comes from so many places, so many different places. Um, uh, you know, even prior to that, I'd love to start out honoring the, the land, right? that I'm standing on, right? And, and the stewards, the original stewards of this land. You know, it, it's pretty easy, particularly in the United States, when you look around, you know that there really is no land that was, did not belong to indigenous people here. So starting that way and then honoring my ancestors and my ancestry, and that um, as an, an African-American woman, um, you know, go, going back and recognizing the, the history of what's going on in this country in, in particular and the resilience uh, and the, uh, how much how grateful I am to be uh, a part of uh, a people that is so resilient. And that resilience comes into, into my recovery in, in uh, a way that, that really strengthens and gives me courage and gives me hope and gives me all kinds of things. So it's kind of a complicated question because it comes from so many things. It comes from so many different things. Uh, and it manifested really out of that lived experience that I was telling you. Usually when I introduce myself, I say, I'm Nikki, I'm an addict, I'm an alcoholic, I'm a codependent, I'm the survivor of both childhood and adult sexual trauma, I'm a love addict, I'm a recovering debtor spender, and, and I always say that the big word is and, and a lot of the healing uh, and the work in healing for me continues to be how do I create the container big enough to hold it all, big enough to hold the and? Because on the other side of that equation as well, I am um, the founder, as, as you were speaking to a little bit earlier, Chantel of Y12SR, which is the Yoga 12-Step Recovery. I am a somatic experiencing practitioner, which is a trauma healing methodology. I'm an MBA. I am the mother of two living and one deceased child. I'm the grandmother of five. I'm the great grandmother of four and a half. I got another one on the way. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like I said, I love saying all that in the same sentence because all of those experiences are part of, of, of who I am. It's a part of this journey. And so finding uh, a container big enough to hold all that and building a container big enough to hold and, and one that's expansive enough to hold more, right? That, that, can, that can hold even more than that has been a big part of the journey. It's been a big part of, of the healing process. What I discovered is that when I make one part of myself bad, awful, and wrong, 
and make another part of myself wonderful and glorious and praiseworthy. That what I do is create a split inside myself. And, and in that split, there's this internal war that goes on. Right. And so this has been about how I reintegrate all parts of myself, right, to stop the war, to stop the war. And um, and, and so it's been in this integration. I mean, you think about what yoga means. It means union. It means integration. It means balance. It means wholeness. Right. And so um, uh, the journey for me it has been. How do I reintegrate? That none of it is bad, awful, and wrong, and that it really is all neutral. And then there's the and in that, that while all of those things inform my walk in this plane of existence, the truth is none of them define me. None of them define me, right? And they're all going to change. So how do I create this container that's big enough to hold all that? And for me, that's been the, 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 the work within that. That was a long-ass answer to your question, but I hope, <laughs> yeah, I hope useful in some way. Can I just say, I am so, I mean, every time I listen to you, I relate to you so much on so many different levels. But I was literally just saying this to myself yesterday. It's like I'm constantly at war with myself. And exactly what you described is not how I articulated it, but exactly what you say is exactly how I've been feeling and for my whole life, really. It's like all these good things and all these bad things and how am I supposed to reconcile having them all be in the same space without picking a side almost. Anyway, I almost can't even articulate how much I relate to what you're describing. I love it. I love it. And the idea is everybody gets to come to the party everybody i can build a container that's big enough to hold all of that right and that's that's been my work right and to know that that you know the container needs to get to it's going to need to get bigger because as i age there's going to be more right there's going to be more that comes up. So how can I create this safe, this space of, you know, oftentimes we talk about safe space and, and I get right. The whole thing about, um, uh, that the deal is that safety is relative, right? Safety is relative. What makes you feel safe may not make me feel safe. Right. And I get that safety is relative, but I don't want to give up that I can create safe space for myself in here and in that safety because things don't move unless they feel safe, right? Nothing will move unless it feels safe. And that goes for feelings, right? Feelings are energy and energy will only move it if, if it feels safe. So what I want to do, at least within this domain, is create a space that energy can move and that it can expand. If it needs to contract, it can contract. It can do all of those things, but it's me that it needs to build that container within me. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah. More things than you know. Yeah. (laughs) Makes sense. I love it. I love how you talk about like the integration of the darkness and the shadow too, because like, that's one thing Bianca and I've discussed on the podcast quite a few times is like when you are in a recovery room and you are introducing yourself of like, I'm Chantal, I'm a love addict, I'm a codependent, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's like getting, becoming identified with that. And then I loved how you just said like, and 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 then that and was like the expansion of the fact that this is not your identity. Right. None yeah. of it is. Right? None yeah. of it is. MBA is not. Mother is not. You know, addict. Um, none of it is. Yeah. But I have to recognize them and, and speak to that they're all experiences that live inside here. They're all experiences living inside there. So they inform my walk in this plane of existence, right? And in some ways, they keep me um, uh, relative in this human dimension 
I always talk about this, that what we're living in right now, and boy, do I see this a lot. We're in the matrix. This is the matrix, right? And the, the human matrix is binary. It's, this is good. This is bad. This is right. This is wrong. This is superior. This is superior. And as long as I'm in this, right, in, in this, this dimension, this human dimension, I got to be aware of all those things. That's a part of the safety in this human dimension. And, right, you can be in it and not of it, right? So there, and I think that that's what yoga gets us to, that there's this whole other space of transcendence beyond this matrix that we're in, right? So, but I got, I can't, you know, bullshit that I'm in it. Right. So those experience, I'm in it. Right. And so those, those recognizing and, and identifying and all of that kind of stuff with all those things that serves a purpose. Right. And I can be in it and not of it. Right. I can be. <laughs> I just think the word and is so important. And is so, it was my favorite word. <laughs> Going with or it's always or that's and it doesn't right. work and it makes or but, but. that's the matrix the matrix yeah. puts makes it an or instead of an ant it's like you fit here fit there fit there it's little slots right and then everything fits in a little slot or there are multiple slots and what's worse is they're not fixed they keep changing right <laughs> and so <laughs> and so you can never get a handle on it really because it always changes right and so and so how do i recognize that i'm in this right i'm in this i'm in this binary matrix right and then also also standing within it sorry this thought just came to me as you were speaking standing within it and then i don't know for me looking back and being like why is everyone else fitting into it and i'm not <laughs> right Oh my right. God, I said that to myself right. yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> and the gift of that, you know, I just recognize, okay, this is what it is, you know, and, I, and it's the end, and I'm in this, right? And even if I don't recognize this matrix is going to put me in a slot anyway, even if I don't identify with this, I, I am black. You go in the black slot, right? And the world is going to treat me that way, right? You're a woman. You go in the woman slot, right? And the world is going to treat me that way, right? That's just the way it is. So I have to recognize that. And also at the same time, recognize that really truthfully, None of those things mean anything in the world of spirit, right? Woman doesn't mean anything, you know, black doesn't, no, they're, mean, they're only meaningful in this matrix, right? And that there's something beyond, holding both, that there's something beyond the matrix, right? It's deep, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Tell us a little bit about um, the somatic work that you do and, and the impact of somatic work on recovery, because I know in my own journey, it's been so powerful. Yeah, it's been huge. And that's the work that was introduced to me um, through the work of Dr. Peter Levine, right? It's the somatic experiencing work. And I've done lots of other work in that domain, but that's been the primary focus and it's part of the the big focus that I look to integrate in in the yoga practice in 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 the yoga practice itself or the practices within Watwabasar which is with that we do in in uh Watwabasar. Um and in a nutshell the the one of the really first things and the the big things that really struck my attention with that was when I saw through Dr. Peter Levine's work that animals in the wild while routinely exposed to traumatic events, 
they're in the wild. So routinely, right, exposed to traumatic events, don't suffer from trauma, right? You know, we, we talk about there's no possum Prozac or, or polar bear Paxil or zebra Zoloft, right? There's none of that, right? And they are routinely exposed to traumatic events. But they know um, how to move the energy once a traumatic event has occurred. And they're mammals, just like me and you, right? And they've got the flight, fright, freeze mechanisms within their, their nervous systems. And, um, you know, and you see all this film in, in Peter's training, right? And you'll see how after the possum has had an encounter, for example, with a wolf, and he um, uh, gets through it because he plays dead, right? He freezes and plays dead, right? And then he comes back once the danger's gone and he moves the energy, right? And he shakes and he moves and does all this. And when he's done, he does this. Right? And then he goes back out and does whatever wolves do, right? We, on the other hand, rationalize it and justify it and, and make excuses or, and, or else, and as a part of that, right, because the energy hasn't moved. The possum knew enough to move the energy out of its nervous system so that he could go on and, and do whatever possums do without a sense of trauma. We don't do that. We don't move it. Nothing, <laughs> nothing moves. And, you know, what happens to the cortisol? What happens to the adrenaline? What happens to all those things, right? They, it, it's got to go someplace, but it's not moving, right? And that's the, the theme, one of the themes in Watovis are is the issues live in our tissues, right? The issues live in our tissues. So we have to find some, and then, you know, it's, <laughs> Our trauma comes from so many possible sources, right? So many possible sources. One of, one of the teachers I've been listening to a, a, a lot around this describes it as his acronym is HIP, right? So there's historical trauma, right? There's intergenerational trauma, right? There, there's persistent institutional trauma, and there's personal trauma, right? So there are all these possible, from, from places we may not even be cognitively aware of, but your body is, your body is, right? So, it, and sometimes you may never, like it could be birth trauma, right? It could be all these things that you may never ever really have a cognitive sense of, but it's in your body. Right. So finding ways in order to to find this somatic release. Um, and and I have found that through the, the things that learned through um, Dr. Levine's courses, the work that work done with Dr. Levine, that there was a way that that those principles could be integrated into the yoga practice. Right, there's some things that we do in in the in the yoga practice to um, support release at the level of, of the tissues, um, and and you know sometimes it's tied to things cognitively, sometimes it's not. One of the reasons that we do the coupling in Watch What Us Are of like the the meeting the cognitive piece with the, the somatic piece in the yoga practice, because we found that, um, that there's a, 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 in that coupleship, that the, the, the whole becomes greater than the sum of the parts. When those two things are coupled, that there's a, a, another level of release that, that, that seems to have been possible. That, that lots of folks experience as different from uh, and, and, and uh, supportive to the work that's done in 12-step in, in rooms, for example, and meeting rooms, for example. So it comes out of that. Peter's work is absolutely brilliant. 
it's, it's, it's really, really brilliant work. And I'm grateful I had the, the yoga background uh, in order to be able to um, uh, bring that work in a new form into the yoga practice and couple it with the 12-step program in that way. Yeah, that's so incredible because um, it's interesting how so many yoga practices really are somatic therapy practices or even like some of the breath work, um, left and right nostril breathing. This is a form of bilateral uh, stimula stimulation, which is essentially EMDR, right? Yes. Yeah, so it's really interesting how these like ancient practices are bilateral stimulation, somatic therapy uh, practices. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's another thing about giving, uh, recognizing that nothing is original, mm -hmm. right? A lot of these things truly have been appropriated, right? And so, and we'll call them what they are, but these are ancient things, ancient wisdoms that we might have just slapped on a nice little Western name on. Totally. But they <laughs> <laughs> Which is a whole nother conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's so, so, so true. Um, wow, incredible. So I'd love to talk to you um, about codependency. Um, and I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, what? Tommy. <laughs> Are you scared, Bianca? <laughs> uh, Tommy, uh, Tommy uh, quotes you a lot. And yeah. he... He used a definition of codependency that just like shook me. And it was codependency. I think maybe you should say it because I'll probably mess it up. Is it the one, the disease of the lost self? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that anytime I look outside of myself for something that can only come from the inside, then I'm in, in a codependent relationship with whatever that is. Yes. Ever that is yeah. right and and you know and I often jokingly but not really jokingly say you know I've been in a codependent codependent relationship with Nordstrom's right? <laughs> because I'll go there and I think that that bag is going to complete me or that pair of shoes is gonna you know it's gonna fill up that space it's going to complete me right and in that moment that's a codependent relationship right i'm in a codependent relationship with those shoes i'm in a codependent relationship with that bag right in that moment that's what that's how codependency rears itself i've got so many stories around that i'm looking in my house now i got this I'm, I'm not a, a, a product kind of girl, you know, I'm really not. I carry canvas bags and all that kind of stuff. But in, uh, a, for lack, the truth is, a, a codependency moment of relapse, right? When everything around me was shaken, what I did was go out and buy like a $4,000 Prada bag, right? <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh, I see your head shaking, y'all know. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking as Relatable. I'm just thinking as you're speaking, I mean, I think about this all the time, but I don't really say it out loud. It's like, if it's not one thing, it's another. If it's That's not right. the shopping, it's... Before it was the drinking right. and the drugs, and then when that was done, it's the food, and then when the food is done, it's something else, and it's That's just like it. I'm like, when do we come? Like it's That's it. we will play whack-a-mole, right? That's what we call it, whack-a-mole, right? And I did it for years, right? Got the drugs and alcohol for a while. Got the drugs and alcohol because relapse is a part of my story, right? And that's because I wasn't dealing with the lost self, right? Eventually. You know, I think codependency really is the, the root in many ways of so much, of so many addictive behaviors. You know, oftentimes in the 12-step program, they'll talk about peeling the onion, right? And you peel you, long enough, you're going to get to codependency, right? Mm -hmm. I, I believe it's at the root of, uh, it's part of the root, right? The, the onion starts to become a scallion, as my friend says, right? when you get to that root. Um, so sooner or later, it, and you think about that definition, 
anytime I look outside myself for something that can only come from the inside, I'm in a codependent relationship with it. That means all addicts, because that's what we do, right? I looked for, I looked for it in the drugs. I looked for it in the clothes. I looked for it in the food. I looked for it in this identity or that identity or this or this or this or this, right? And none of that is who I am. I got, eventually, I really got to get down to what yogis speak of, what yoga philosophy speaks of as quote unquote true self, right? And then how that integrates with bigger self, with others. At some point, the I has to become a we, mm -hmm. right? At some point it does. And that's where I see a lot of relapse, right? That, you know, and sometimes I see this a lot. We put Y12SR in the category of relapse prevention, right? And I sometimes see a lot of relapse. There's a gap. There's a big jump. And the I has to become a we. And, and if it doesn't, a lot of folks, I know I did, fall into the, the, the relapse gap, right? When it doesn't become a we. And, and, and so I got to get at what, what this disease of the lost self, this true self, as we speak about in yoga, so that it can, it, well, I would say small s self, right? So that it can then integrate into the big s self, right? And, and sometimes if that leap's not made, there's, there's a gap there. But in order to, you know, come to the truth of small s self, I got to go through this codependency thing. <laughs> I've got to, right? I've got to, right? Because if I don't, you know, I'm just going to play whack-a-mole, right? I'm just going to continue to play whack-a-mole. What was the loss of the self? Like, I'm just trying to, as you're describing this, I understand it as a concept. Not as a concept. I understand it I kind of it. as a concept yeah. and kind of as my reality. But I'm also wondering what you mean maybe for you as the loss of the self. Like, what was that for you? It was attachment to a lot of different identities. It was attachment to um, my relationship to what I had defined I should be. It was attachment to how, um, you know, the matrix had defined me, right? It was attachment and recognizing that, that what I said, I'm not any of those things really, you know? It's recognizing that at, at its heart, really, you know? And that, like yoga says, I can't be too attached to it because it's all gonna change. It is all going to change, right? When I get attached to, I always tell this story in one of the trainings about how I got attached to being wife, right? In a, in a right, actually, I got attached to being wife four times, right? So, <laughs> so progress, right? Not perfection, right? I did. I got attached to it four times, right? <laughs> um, uh, but the last one really was the one, right? I just knew we were going to grow old together and it was going to be all that and the whole nine yards. I got really attached. And then it went away, right? That relationship went away and I couldn't move. Because I had defined myself by that, that, you know, we get attached. And one of the things that one taught me more than anything else is how attached I am to an image, right? I get attached, so attached to the image. In, in that relationship in particular, what I realized, I could never could figure out my part in it, right? You know how the program talks about, you got to figure out what your part in this, this happened, what was your, I never could figure it out. I mean, I was, that was all in. I was all in that one, right? And then one day I realized that what I was all into was my image of the relationship, 
I wasn't really in relationship with the person in the relationship. I was in relationship to my image of what I thought the relationship would be, should be, right? And, and, and that really blew my mind. It blew up everything. I recognize how often I'm in a relationship with an image. I'm in a relationship with the image of me as teacher from time to time. I'm in relationship with the image of me as mother. I'm in relationship with the image of me as this and as this and as this. And all that's going to change, just like wife change, right? And if I'm attached to it, right, then, you know, I can't move. I think that's who I am, right? And that's why it's so painful when it goes away because I get confused and I think that's who I am and I'm none of those, right? All of it's gonna change. I get attached to that which will change. It's all impermanent, right? <laughs> just like Yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking of a quote that I read the other day and it popped in my mind as you were speaking. It's like, maybe life is just a series of events and practices on learning how to let go over and over and over and i'm like i would totally i <laughs> totally agree with that right it's a practice of surrender that's what i've always said for me is deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper levels of surrender right well the ancients say that is neti neti right they say it's not that you're not this you're not this and they said you keep subtracting right and sooner or later you get down to who it is that we really are. It's that kind of metaphor. I always love the metaphor of Michelangelo and the David, right? It said that he saw this big block of stone and saw David in the stone, right? And the job was chipping away all. And that's what I feel like our work is. We get all this shit dumped on top of us. You're this, you're that, you know, you fit in this box, you fit all that shit dumped on, and we believe it, right? And the job is chipping away all that shit, right? <laughs> so we can get down to who it is that we really are. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Chipping away to like the innate, the innate <clears throat> worthiness, the innate, you know, I don't want to say good because then we categorize good and bad, but yeah, you know, yeah. Wow. I, um, I have a web's. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, one of my teachers says, you know, you're, well, I think about, I was thinking about my great grandbaby. I show a picture of her when, when um, uh, she was first in the training. I show a picture of her, and she's two hours old, and I'm holding her at two hours old, and I'm looking in her eyes, right? And, and all I can see is this is wholeness. This is what wholeness is. And she can't tell herself from anything. Um, and, you know, what Santa was looking at her and all I could see was wholeness, right? I looked in her eyes that she, and she can't distinguish herself from anything else. She doesn't know, she can't distinguish anything, right? And I'm looking in her eyes, this is a little piece of wholeness extracted from wholeness. That's what I'm looking at when I'm looking at her. Right. And then you get all this shit dumped on top of your homeless. Right. You get told you're a girl. Right. You do this. You're black. That means you fit here. You get put in the slots in the matrix. Right. And so it's like Michelangelo and the David. The job is recognizing that I'm homeless and I've been homeless all along. Right. And the job is just chipping away all the bullshit that we got put on top of our homeless. Right. And so. <laughs> wow. And, and being brave enough to even attempt to do that. Being brave enough. Because, you know, you think about chipping, right? That's painful, right? And being able to create the container to hand, it's, you know, it's not pretty. It's yeah. not pretty. It's terrifying to let go of some identities, you know? Who am I if I'm not a money coach? You that's know, like, right. yeah, that's terrifying. That's right. That's right. That's right. Right. And then, you know, you recognize that it's really all going to go away at some point. So don't get too attached. Yeah. Right. Sooner or later, you know, I'm, I'm aging. 
right? So at some point, I'm not going to be teacher anymore, right? At some point, this all this shit's going to change. My image on my computer, I have the earth, and it's spinning, right? And the idea is this very moment, we're standing on a rock that's spinning in space, right? Right? Everything's changing. Everything's moving, right? And, and the big trick is I'm going to try and grasp and hang on to something that's always changing and always moving. Good luck with that, right? You can't, you know, you're fighting the universe. You're fighting gravity. You're fighting everything. Yeah. I, I think about that a lot when I go visit my grandmother at, at like her home, right? And then all of a sudden your perspective of life changes a lot. And you're thinking I've grown up with this woman and she raised me and she had this whole life full of turmoil, but amazingness and all of the things. And then you go, wow. And then it's just changed. Everything has changed in her life. Not one thing, but everything. Everything. And then you think, there's like the two sides of your brain where it's like, well, what was all that fussing for that you remember from her experiences? And then the other side is like, because of the experiences. Yeah, that's right. That's you know, right. Such an, that's, that's a way to get some perspective on life, I think. It is. Hanging it out is. with some really old people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if, if she's like me, you know, I say this all the time, you know, if it took all the bullshit, right? In order for me to be right here, right now, in this moment, I'm okay with all that today. Yeah. Right? I'm okay. For me particularly, you know, if it took all that, right, in order to, for me, and for me, just because of my bio-individual being, it must have took all that for me to get in this place, I'm really clearly in my dharma. I'm doing the work I was meant to do in the world. And if it took all that to be here, I'm grateful actually, right? Even though it seems like a, a, a bunch of bullshit, if that's <laughs> what it took, I'm, I'm grateful. Wow. Uh, yeah. So wow. good. So amazing. I love yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> I love you back. <laughs> it's so real and it's just like i don't know i relate to everything that you that you're describing so much on so many levels so i love it um, yeah love it. so good nikki i'd love to get a little clip um for the prosperity video um that i mentioned so i'll just go into that question so uh We've been talking a little bit about identities and the word prosperity um, comes with a lot of identities in our society. A prosperous life is, you know, you have to be ambitious, this, that, the identities. Can you share a little bit about what prosperity means to you? Because it is so tied to identities? Yeah, I loved that question. I really, when I read it on the little um, prep sheet, that you sent. I really love that question. I thought about it uh, a lot. And almost like in the, the conversation, I had to flip it for me, right? Um, so I'm big into like the, the uh, what often called deities, right? In, in, in yoga and, and, and uh, the yogic and Vedic cultures and things like that. And one of the goddesses, quote unquote goddesses, um, is Lakshmi, right? Lakshmi, right? And Lakshmi is the goddess of, of often said, the goddess of, of wealth and of prosperity and of things like that. But the teachings that I've received around Lakshmi brings her into a bigger sphere, if you will that she's also the remover of things that that block prosperity and and so lakshmi is the remover of poverty right 
and she's the remover of intellectual poverty, right? Of relationship poverty. So it's not just financial poverty that she's thinking of. She is the remover of any kind of poverty that, that blocks um, my, my human well-being, right? And, and we in our culture have financial well-being confused with human well-being. Right? And so I love that thought that Lakshmi is the, not only the grantor of prosperity, the grantor of prosperity by being the remover of that which blocks it. And so um, that was kind of the answer. That was what came up when I read that for me. You know, I'm interested in removing intellectual poverty. I chant to Lakshmi because I want intellectual poverty removed, because I want relationship poverty removed. I want, you know, health poverty removed, right? I want to be able to, and when that's removed, there's space to receive, right? There's space to receive it all. All right, so I hope that gives kind of an answer to you. Absolutely. No, that's such a beautiful, wise answer. And, and this is what, you know, we're aiming to do with this, these questions is like prosperity is not this one view. Like it is holistic. It does involve, you know, what is, how, how are your relationships prosperous? Right. And it's like this reclaiming of prosperity. That's right. Yeah. So thank you. And I wanted to ask you, you mentioned this a little bit before, but talking about codependency when it comes to money oh, yeah. and what you're, what are you seeing there around the, the, you know, codependence and financial behaviors? Well, it's, it's all yoga. One way to describe and define yoga is relative is relationship, right? And our relationship with money is, is uh, often a codependent relationship, right? If I just have enough, right? If I just have this, if I just, then I'll be okay, right? And then I'll be, and then the same thing happens. For whatever reason, something happens to that. And then you're in the, in the relationship of more, which is addiction, right? Because it's never enough, right? So I got to be in, and I always say, you know, uh, addiction is a disease of more, right? I keep, I become the hungry ghost and I can't get, <laughs> I just have to have more and more and more. And so you're never satisfied. The hungry ghost never gets full. And so, um, so and that's a codependent relationship. Yeah. What can absolutely. be more disappointing is that when you get the more or you get that number in your bank account, if we're speaking money wise, and you get it, and then you realize you're still miserable, <laughs> having to reconcile that is a whole other ball game. That's you know? right. That's right. That's <laughs> right. I yeah. love that. I love it. Wow. Thank you so much, Nikki. That was so great. So much wisdom. This is going to be really impactful for a lot of people. So thank you. Oh, you're more than welcome. Absolutely more yeah. than welcome. It was delightful talking with you too. Let, let <laughs> us know, let us know um, how we can find you and how people can work with Y12SR. All right. The easiest thing to do is go to Y12SR.com. On, on the website, there's a ton of, of information there about the trainings and all that kind of stuff, most of which, of course, given where we are in time, are online at, at this point in time. Um, I'm hopeful that there will be in-person options at some point again, but who knows? You know, who knows what's going on with that? I'm just asking for myself, what do the online trainings that you're offering right now look like? Um, they're in two forms. What we, well, they're in a lot of different, let me back up a little bit there. Um, there is a branch of the training that is for folks who want to become what we call Y12SR space holders, right? And these are the folks that go back into their own home communities and, and, and offer Y12SR meetings. 
now, many of which are being offered online. So if you go on our website, you look, you'll see under meet the meetings tab, you'll see watch what we saw meetings online. And at last count, there were close to 40, right? Online watch what we saw meetings. And it is, it's like a, a, a in, a, in a way, like a 12-step meeting. So there's usually a discussion, then a practice, or else a practice, then a discussion. And it doesn't matter which way you do it, right? Just that the two are coupled, like I was saying a little bit earlier. And so um, there are bunches of those going on, and the training, the Watch of Us are training, uh, trains people to hold that space, hold and hold the classes, whether in person when that can happen again or online as we're doing that then there's another oh there are two other branches more branches of the trainings as well so there's this whole uh set of offerings under codependency right so we got one called breaking barriers transforming the samskara of codependency there's one called uh it's called are you compassionate or are you codependent? The wisdom to know the difference. Right? <laughs> oh, Tell that one's for you. Sophie, so <laughs> <me>, I'm laughing. Because <laughs> <laughs> so we get confused about that, right? Yes, we do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not easy. <laughs> <laughs> right? So there's a training around that. And then there are a couple other trainings. Is that there's a little bit of a coaching program around that that I do with, with um, uh, another teacher. And then there's some really deep work I do with that, uh, that's another level deeper that I do with uh, Dr. Melody Moore, right? So we do some things together around. So there's a branch of the training that's under codependency. There's a branch of the training that's under under um, becoming what we call a white focus or space holder. But all of that's on the website. You'll see all of that on the website. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have an Instagram page? I probably do, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> you do. We will direct people to your website. <laughs> no, I do, right? But I don't do any of that. I'm not a big, I'm on social media. Somebody else does all that. My 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 a couple of people in the staff do all that kind of stuff. Right? That's the way to do I'm it. I'm on there every once in a while, but I gotta tell you, I'm not a big I'm not a big fan. That's the way. <laughs> yeah, goals. <laughs> the big job. Well, thank you so much for being on. Like I said, I think what you're doing and your story and you as a person and all of the stuff, I think you're just incredible. So like I said, we were so excited to have you on and um, I think our listeners will get so much out of this because I know I did. Um, I love it. I love Well, thank you for asking me. Yeah, thank you for asking me. And let me know how I can support this, you know, how I can support what you guys are doing. I think it's such a valuable conversation. Right, because like you said, we do get really confused about what true wealth is, mm -hmm. what true prosperity mm -hmm. really is, and what that means. So this is an and because you know otherwise it's a trap. Just mm -hmm. like you said, Bianca, it can become such a trap. Yeah. And so um, thank you for doing this and having this conversation. Thank you so much.
the reception A glass of wine in her hand I knew she was gonna meet her connection At her feet was a footloose man You can't always get what you want Just my 